I'm going to read from John 6, 25 to 35. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they asked, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Uh, John chapter 6, after feeding the 5,000, one of the, uh, some of the busiest days in the life of Jesus Christ, at least that we know about, uh, the feeding of the 5,000 and the walking on the water, and then uh, this, this uh, material today is from the next day, the synagogue in Capernaum, and... Uh, and um, what had happened as uh, he had sent out his disciples and they had ministered two by two along around the countryside and they were coming back to Jesus to debrief with him and uh, John the Baptist was just beheaded and so Jesus wanted to get off by himself with his disciples mourn the loss of their good friend John the Baptist and also talk about their ministry but as they went across the lake the crowd followed them when they landed on the shore, a huge crowd gathered. And Jesus saw the huge crowd, and his heart went out to them, and he began to teach them, and he taught them all day. And at the end of the day, they were hungry, and Jesus said to his disciples, why don't you feed them? And of course, the disciples go, we can't feed them. We don't have enough money. We can't buy enough food. There's too many people. He says, what do you have? They looked through the crowd. They had five loaves and two fish. And from the five loaves, five loaves and two fish... They fed the 5,000, and they had 12 baskets left over. The crowd wanted to make Jesus the king, but he withdrew by himself into the countryside. The disciples got into a boat, and they went across the lake, and in the middle of the night, Jesus walked on the water, got into the boat. You've heard that story before, and the boat went to the other side. The crowd still wants Jesus, and they look for him, and finally they find him on the north of the Sea of Galilee, and there he is in Capernaum, and then that's where this material begins, and they come looking to him. Verse 25, when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And uh, unfortunately, Jesus is the kind of person that if you met them in real life, 
the conversation gets intense really fast. So, Rabbi, when did you get here? You and I would say, well, early this morning or late last night. When did you guys get here? You know, some kind of pleasantries. <laughs> when did you get here? Notice Jesus' response. Truly, truly, this is important what I'm going to tell you. You are seeking me not because you saw a sign, but because you ate the loaves and you were filled. So instead of when did you get here, well, it's nice to meet you too. Nice to see you again. Uh, listen, you're looking for me just because you ate food. That's the only reason you're here. Not because you saw the significance of what I did. Not because of, of, of who you think I am, but just because of what I did for you. Uh, just because you're with Jesus and following Jesus doesn't mean that you're really with him and you're following him. Maybe that's true for us today. Just because we're here in church doesn't mean we're following Jesus Christ. Because maybe we're here for the wrong reasons. What can Jesus do for him? What can Jesus do for me? And I wrote down a number of invalid reasons. Because my family is Christian. That's why I'm here. Or because uh, I like the people. Or because Jesus has done things for me. There are ways to seek Jesus and want to be with Jesus that are no good. And Jesus gives us a clue that this miracle is a sign. Not only was Jesus helping the hungry, but it was more than that. It was pointing to who he was. He goes on in verse 27. What should you be doing? Work not for food that perishes, but for food that lasts to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For the Father has sealed him. For God the Father sealed him. So Jesus tells them to stop worrying about their daily meals. There's more important things to be had than, than, than just what can satisfy your crave and your hunger. There's a more important meal to be had that gives you eternal life. There is food that you eat and is gone and the hunger returns. And there is other food that you eat and it lasts forever. I call that eating your cake and having it too. That's the kind of meal Jesus is talking about. Now, I'm sure many of you, well, I don't know if many of you are like me. I think you're all just like me. You get up in the morning, and you're just trying to make it through the day. You look at your calendar. Here's what I've got to do today. Lots of things to be done. And if I'm lucky, I'll get a little time to have a little fun. And Jesus is saying to us that there's more to life than just that. Work for food that lasts to eternal life. Um, and he's going to explain that more in a little, little bit. Uh, why, work for, why work for eternal food which Jesus will give? He tells you because God the Father sealed him. God the Father sealed him. Stamp of approval. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one I've chosen. Jesus is the one I've decided is the way I'm going to do things. number of ways you see that in John. John the Baptist says this, 
I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I myself didn't know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify, this is God's chosen one. Or even John 3.16, you know that verse. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, his only begotten son. That's his stamp of approval. This is my, this is my man. This is the way I'm going to do it through my son. And so naturally they say, okay, if we're supposed to work for eternal life, what should we do? Verse 28, what should we do so that we may work the works of God? Just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Right? Just give us a little checklist. We'll check them off. There we go. We've got eternal life. Jesus said, do this and do this. I've got it. These five things. Notice Jesus' answer. This is the work of God. So that you believe in him he sent. In some ways, we can't do the work of God because God has sent Jesus. He's the one doing the work. What's our part? Believing. Believing. Verse 30. Then they said to him, What sign will you do in order that we may see and will believe in you? What will you work? What will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And their response to Jesus, okay, prove yourself to us. Prove it and we'll believe it. And we'll give you an idea. Moses gave us bread for 40 years. Man in the desert. That would be a good one. And they even quote the scripture in the Psalms. Notice Jesus' response. Truly, truly, this is important. Moses did not give to you the bread from heaven, but my Father gave to you the true bread from heaven. Something better is happening. God's giving you something better, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God, verse 33, is the thing that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And I translated it thing because I think it should be neutral. The bread of heaven is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they're still wondering, what is that bread? Verse 34, Lord, Always give to us this bread. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I'm that bread. I'm the bread of life. The one who comes to me will in no way be hungry, and the one who believes in me will not ever thirst. I'm the bread of life. Of course, Jesus has a number of I am sayings in John. At least seven. I'm the living water. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the light of the world. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the vine, the true vine. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the bread. All metaphors to help us understand what Jesus is and what he does. So I have three ideas for you. And then I'll try to apply it. Number one, you must recognize Jesus is bread. You've got to know that he's bread. 
You must know and act as if he's bread and that there is no other bread out there. I am the bread, the true bread. How many of you have rye bread? How many of you have brown bread? White bread? How many of you don't eat bread? I, I wrote down here that I, I, I said, you know, if Jesus, if Jesus had come to China, he would probably say, I am the rice of life. <laughs> or if he came to Ireland, I am the potato of life. Uh, or if he came to Canada, I don't know what he'd say. I am, Tom said, the pancake and maple syrup. I am the pancake and maple syrup of life. That which is most basic to life and is necessary. That's the metaphor. I am that. And you must recognize that Jesus is that bread. And you have to have him for life. Number two, you have to eat the bread. Recognize he's the bread. Number two, you have to eat the bread. He says it two ways in the verse. The one who comes to me and the one who believes in me. Two ways of saying the same thing. You've got to come to me. You've got to believe in me. And he's got a lot of different ways of saying that in John. John 1.12 As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You have to receive him, come to him, believe in him. All of those are metaphors. I mean, not metaphors, synonyms. For believing and trusting in Jesus, you have to eat the bread. Later in this chapter, he will say, you must eat my flesh. And the Jews go, eat my flesh? We can't handle that. That's a little extreme. And he goes, okay, let me explain it a little better for you. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Another way of saying you've got to eat the bread, you have to appropriate who I am. And of course, when he says you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, he is talking about his cross. He dies upon the cross and he gives up his life for the world. And unless you appropriate what he did on the cross, you will not have life. That's what it means to eat the bread. Takes us to point number three. When you eat the bread, eat Jesus appropriate Jesus, believe in Jesus. You will never be hungry and you will never be thirsty again. And I'm going, wow, that's a big, that's a huge statement, right? Huge. You will have a satisfaction that Jesus fills for the rest of your life. And this life is just a forerunner of the next life. It will never end. I ask a number of questions. What does this mean? How do I experience that? What should I expect in my life? When you come to Jesus Christ, the search is over. Um, Lynn, I've got a little video clip on there. And this is 44 seconds from Seinfeld. There's, there's sound. No, no. <laughs> You're wasting your life. I am not. What you call wasting, I call living. I'm living my yeah, life. Well, okay. Like what? No, no, tell me. Do you have a job? No. You got money? No. You have a woman? No. <laughs> Do you have any prospects? No. <laughs> you got anything on the horizon? Uh. No. <laughs> Do you have any action at all? No. 
Do you have any conceivable reason for even getting up in the morning? I like to get the daily news. I remember that because uh, that last little phrase, do you have any conceivable reason for getting up in the morning? I like to get the daily news. <laughs> That's the highlight of his day. He enjoys reading the newspaper in the morning. When Jesus Christ is your Savior and you believe in him, every day when you get up, he is part of your life. So it doesn't matter if you have a job or you don't have a job, you have money or you don't have money, you have prospects, you don't have prospects, get the daily news or don't get the daily news, Jesus Christ is there in your life. And it brings satisfaction to your life. Yesterday, I was out grocery shopping, put my hand on the grocery cart to take it into the store, and a bee stung me on my middle finger. And for 20 seconds, all I could think about was my, little, my middle finger. And I thought, the one time I might need my phone, and I left it in the car, because surely I'm going to die. It hurts so much. And you've seen people who uh, are allergic to bees and what happens. And I thought, I'm going to fall right down in the parking lot. I could not believe how much it hurt, and for 20 seconds, all I could think about was my finger. But after 20 seconds, I thought, Lord, I'm glad you're here with me. Now I, I start to think about the Lord again. There might be times in your life when the pain is so severe you forget the Lord for a few seconds or a few minutes, but when you believe in Jesus Christ, he's always there. There will be a satisfaction in your life that will never go away. I wrote down here, uh, you are what you eat. You've heard that before. You are what you eat. One of my uh, favorite basketball players, Ray Allen, uh, he did play for the Celtics for a while. Played in the league about 20 years. I remember listening to an interview. He was talking about his diet. And he said, for 20 years, I have never had a hamburger because he said, I had to make sure every bite that I took was about feeding my life so that I could be healthy and strong. It's what it takes to play at the highest level. Tremendous sacrifice because you are what you eat. And Jesus comes and he says, I am the bread of life and you are what you eat. And when you eat Jesus, you share the life of God and you live forever. And if you don't eat Jesus, you're just eating food that perishes. When Jesus clarifies, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, we must appropriate Jesus in his death. His death makes the difference, and you must embrace it. And so I ask the question, how are we going to do that? And for some churches, it's partaking of communion, or the Eucharist. This is not what he means when he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. This is a reminder that we have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Jesus is giving us a figure of speech to embrace his cross as our sole hope. 
as the sole reason that my sins are forgiven and I am right with God. That is my foundation. And so we eat the bread and we drink the cup to remember that Jesus Christ has given, us his, given his life for us. We believe in it. We accept it. We confess our sins and repent of our sins and we ask for forgiveness on the basis of the cross. We don't depend on our work, but on his work on the cross. He's the bread from heaven because he died on the cross. And that is when he gives himself so that you can believe in him. Well, what about you? What about you? Are you still working for food that perishes? Or are you working for the food that lasts for eternal life? Believing in Jesus Christ. Today is the day for you to take that step and eat the true bread from heaven, Jesus Christ.